Welcome to the third episode of And the Podcast Goes To, an award season podcast from ScreenCrush.com. I'm Aaron Whitney, senior editor at Screen Crush, coming at you from New York City. And I'm Britt Hayes, associate editor with Screen Crush, coming to you from Austin, Texas. So the Golden Globes were just this week. What was your reaction, Britt? TBH, to be honest, I only watched like the first hour and then I just sort of looked up the winners after. I think oh, yeah, you cheated. I did. I totally cheated. I just Golden Globes are silly awards, which I think we've talked about. They're just like they're the wacky, yeah. the wacky uncle of the award season. So I don't really feel like I need to watch them all the time. The Oscars matter a lot more to me, even though they probably shouldn't. But I think it, I think I sort of just mentally checked out when Jimmy Fallon did his like black voice that I was like, oh, I, I think I'm I'm done here. That was bad. <laughs> that was so bad. The, the, the Cuba Gooding Jr. thing that he was trying to do. Was it was it Cuba? I think so. I think it was like about thanking OJ and some joke that like the Emmys already did, but he was trying to do it again. Oh, no, wait. He impersonated Chris Rock. Oh, oh, man. It was really bad. I know that some people were like really annoyed with I guess like the opening song and dance number I wasn't I thought it was like I mean it's not like the greatest thing I've ever seen but it was like cute enough did you like it it was okay I mean it was expected I thought they would if they're gonna do anything it's gonna be La La Land because that's like the easiest movie to spoof and it was kind of a cute and clever way to tie in all of the nominees like the cameos were fun like Jon Snow waking up and um you know like Nicole Kidman and just random people so that was kind of fun but it honestly kind of felt like an intro that you'd see at like the MTV Movie Awards and not yeah. something that you'd see at the Golden Globes. Like it didn't have that prestige that I think the Golden Globes likes to, to think that it has. And it felt a little more like silly and I don't know, mindless. I don't know. Like who comes up with these things? Like, is it some like shadowy cabal of like failed producers <laughs> or not, maybe not producers? I mean, I'm sure they have successful producers producing their show, but like, you know, people who like couldn't really cut it in, you know, making like a musical movie or something. <laughs> I don't know, like choreographers, maybe. I don't, I feel like anything I say right now, I'm probably just going to insult somebody. So, well, apparently, I think I, I have to like double check this, but I'm pretty sure that the La La Land choreographer is the one that did the opening. Right, Mandy Moore. Right, not not not, not that Mandy Moore, but not that Mandy Moore. <laughs> Which would have um, been fun, like if Mandy Moore popped up and did like, I don't know, a throwback song. I don't know. I'd be down. Like I'm missing you like candy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would watch. Um, I'm actually like, I, I was kind of okay with it too, because I guess I'm one of the people who's really into Barb from Stranger Things. And <laughs> I know it's become like stupid to like Barb, but I like the, from the moment Barb first showed up on Stranger Things, I was like, oh, this is like me from the eighties. Like this is literally <laughs> me back in time. Yeah. And it was kind of great. Like you see Barb and you're like, okay, like they're pandering to Barb fans, but I'll take it. Like, it's Barb. Yeah. And then, like, the Stranger Things kids rapping, like, immediately I was like, how long until this is trending on Facebook? Like, this video is probably already on YouTube. You know, like, it's it's all, like, very, like, typical viral stuff. But, you know, I liked it, too. Yeah, it was fine. It was it was okay. Um, you know, Jimmy Fallon was Jimmy Fallon. Which is I don't know. so boring. Yeah, I mean, it's just like what like bland white dude. And I know like somebody in our comments is going to be mad because I said bland white dude. But like whatever <laughs> he is, he's like he's safe. You know, he's like likable enough by a certain contingency of people, I guess. Uh, I'm sure moms really like him, you know, oh, yeah. the ones that stay up late enough to watch his show. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, 
he's a safe pick. I would have preferred someone a little edgier, but maybe they were afraid of um, creating too much controversy at a time when things are already kind of crummy. <laughs> maybe. I mean, or at least get people that know how to turn controversy into actual humor. Like, I would love to see Kristen Wiig and Steve Carell hosts, like, just after their bit this year. Like, make them the host next year because they're so awkward and funny, but then they can turn sort of, like, weird darkness into humor in a way that's not, like, too controversial and too playful. I agree. I think, like, my favorite awards host ever might be Jon Stewart at the Oscars. Mm. Because he was so perfect. He was funny. He was sharp. Um... He had really good self-awareness about how, like, just silly the whole thing was. And he had probably, like, the best joke ever with 3-6 Mafia 1, Martin Scorsese 0. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he was great. And it's just too bad that he doesn't want to do that. But, I mean, I think we should find someone like that who has, like, the whole package. Right. Or just bring back Amy and Tina again. Oh, God, like, I know. I miss best. them. They were so good. They made me feel safe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So the winners, who let's let's talk about the winners. Let's do it. So were you um, what were you most surprised about? Hey, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm not very surprised by La La Land. Yeah. That was predictable. You know, pleasantly surprised that Isabel Huppert won for Elle. That's Yeah. Really great and might be the only award she gets this season. I think so, sadly. I know. I mean, well, not like this season, but like between this and the Oscars, like mm -hmm. she might not get the Oscar. And I yeah. think that I'm going to have to make my peace with that. Yeah, I definitely wasn't expecting it. I mean, we had a post prepped and I had written, you know, the stuff for Natalie Portman and we had to fix it last minute. Um, <laughs> it was like the, the one surprise where we had to like change it last minute, really. But no, it was it was such a pleasant surprise. And out of any like wacky choice, I definitely thought... If anything, the Hollywood Foreign Press would maybe go with Amy Adams or something or just go with the more typical Natalie Portman but um, or the more typical choice of Natalie Portman. But it was so cool to see them actually give Elle Best Actress and Best Foreign Film. Yeah, it was weird because I briefly was on Twitter for a moment, I think, where, around the time that happened. And I just saw that, like, you know, Natalie Portman didn't win for Jackie. And that's like all I saw. Mm -hmm. And I was like who the hell beat Natalie Portman? <laughs> and I had forgotten that Isabel Huppert was nominated. Yeah. Uh, and so then I was like, oh, okay, well, the, like, that's okay. Like, you can beat Natalie Portman. <laughs> yeah. Um, but only you. No, no one else. No one else. Um, God, who else? I mean, yeah, like, La La Land, like, swept everything. I was a little surprised that Ryan Gosling won for Best Actor because I think of that group, Colin Farrell should have gotten it. Yeah. And that Colin was a better Farrell, choice who, by than... the way looked like really bored for most of this show. Yeah. He's like, why am I here? This is he looked bored when Meryl Streep was talking and I was a little offended. <laughs> yeah, I actually thought that maybe Hugh Grant was going to get it because Florence Foster Jenkins is such a movie that like the Hollywood Foreign Press would love and that just seemed like a weird choice. But Gosling was like sort of the, I mean, I think he could possibly take the Oscar um, if it wasn't for Casey Affleck or... Um, Denzel Washington, but yeah, Colin Farrell would have been awesome. I mean, it was a surprise to see him nominated in this category anyway. Yeah, I mean, I'm longtime Ryan Gosling fan since like childhood. Uh, Breaker High, that's what's <laughs> up. Um, and so I, I love him, and I think like, you know, his time as a meme has like sort of gone now. Like, we're not really hey girling all over the internet anymore. But <laughs> 
I still really love him and I still think he makes some really interesting choices. I think that he's really good in the movie. I like him as much as like Emma Stone is just charming and she takes like kind of a role that's almost nothing and makes it into something more substantial. Like he's really the meat of that movie. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, I think he deserves to be nominated. I'm happy that he won. I'm happy that more people will hopefully discover his weird band that released one CD. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I don't know. I know his speech was really nice, too. Yeah, it was. I really liked that. I already saw, did you see, what was it, The Independent published yeah. something, like, calling him out for, or, like, basically, like, you know, how dare you make your wife sit at home with the kids and take care of her sick brother while you go out and make a movie? Like, how sexist is that? And it's just, like, I highly doubt Ryan Gosling is a jerk. And he just doesn't seem like a jerk. Like he loves anyone who loves Disneyland that much cannot be <laughs> a monster. And even if he is, like he he called out his wife and like you know gave her a shout out. That's that's not a I, sexist comment. And there was something classy about. It. He didn't even say her name. Right. Yeah. He didn't have to be like my famous wife. He just was just like my lady. And I was like, that is really classy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A hot take uh, that was too hot in the wrong direction. Yes. Zootopia winning for best motion picture animated. I'm a little surprised by that because I really do like Zootopia a lot. I like it a lot more than Moana. But Kubo and the Two Strings is amazing. Mm -hmm. How does that not win? I mean, Kubo deserves it, but Zootopia seems like that audience pleaser with like an important message that the Golden Globes wants to get behind and say like, yes, we support this kind of a thing. Yeah, true. What other big surprises were there? Oh, of course, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Oh, God, yeah. The first award of the night. Yeah. What the I hell almost, was like, that? threw my computer across the room and was like, I'm going home. Screw this. Yeah, I'm done. I don't need to see anymore. <laughs> um, if Jimmy Fallon's black voice did not convince you to stop watching, like, that should have. I don't know. I mean, I was a little, I found it kind of funny because I was just thinking, like, well, this is just, like, a nice little charity award because, like, Aaron Taylor Johnson is just like never going to get nominated for like anything ever again. I mean, I guess he might get nominated, but he's never going to win a prestigious award in his lifetime. I don't know. He could surprise me when he's like 80. Who knows? (laughs) But does anyone actually love him that much? It's so weird to me. I feel like every time his name is mentioned, all I see are people like talking about how horrible he is. I mean, I don't know anyone that really likes him, but especially when he beats out Mahershala Ali, it's like, no, dude, sorry. You, You would have to be like spectacular. And still, I don't even want you to win. Like, that was the I mean, one thing that, like, out of all, out of, out of everything that Moonlight was um, nominated for, besides Best Picture Drama, Best Supporting Actor was, like, the thing that I was like, that's going to win. Like, Mahershala is going to take it. Like, the Hollywood Foreign Press can't screw this one up. But the love for Nocturnal Animals here, and even with the BAFTAs, I just, I do not, I know you like it more than I do, but I don't understand how it's getting so many nominations. It's a little, yeah, it's a little strange to me. I mean, I can see the attraction, though, for, I guess, awards uh, groups. I, mm-hmm. Maybe, like, um, there is something very uh, attractive about it. Maybe it's very elegantly designed. There is mm-hmm. something very subtle about it. It is, I mean, it has actors that everyone loves that are really great actors, except for Aaron Taylor Johnson. I don't know. But, like, also, of all the people to nominate from that movie... Him? Exactly, yeah. Like Michael I mean, Shannon, his, Jake Gyllenhaal. His Gyllen best Hall. scene is like sitting on a toilet. Yeah, <laughs> literally, yeah. <laughs> that was just bizarre. 
yeah, I don't know, baffled. I guess, you know, maybe they can do, they can start that. Every year they'll have like one charity award. Yeah. I guess if it's charity, it's, I don't know. I think it's just poor taste, but we can call it charity. What about, uh, let's see. There there weren't any other surprises really in the film categories. What about TV? The Crown for Best Drama. I guess I should watch it. I saw the pilot and I liked it, but I didn't continue. But I could see why they would want to win it. Like, I think I mentioned this before that the Hollywood Foreign Press loves to just get behind a new TV show. Like last year it was Mozart in the Jungle and everyone was like, what the hell is this show? And, you know, I, I think Gina, Gina Rodriguez win one year too. And that was like the, oh, first, yeah. the first year of um, Jane the Virgin. So they love to like get behind something new and like give it a platform. But if anything, I thought that would be Stranger Things or Westworld this year. Stranger Things would have been like the wacky winner. Uh-huh. Westworld seemed like the safe bet. Mm-hmm. This Is Us seems like the basic, <laughs> you know, because like, I don't know what that show is, by the way. I saw a preview for it. Maybe it was during the Globes. There was like a preview for uh-huh. a new episode. And I was like, what is this show? Is it just like everyone's just really pleasant to each other? I think it's like a parenthood brothers and sisters thing. Like the, the people that like those shows, I think it's like this is their new show. Right, I get that. Which I, I don't even know makes, what it is either. So It makes you cry. I think it's like different couples, I guess. I don't know if they're like interconnected, but I know it's about different couples. And I guess Mandy Moore, like that Mandy Moore is in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, like whenever I see previews where it's like, there doesn't look like there's any conflict in that show. But people just seem like, to cry. I love and... you. Look how much I'll sacrifice for you. <laughs> just melodrama <laughs> to the extreme. Yeah, seriously. And then Atlanta won a bunch of stuff, which isn't that surprising, but it's pretty awesome to see. I, I haven't actually started that show yet, but me neither. everyone says good things. I have all of the episodes in my DVR, and <laughs> I have not watched them yet, and I keep meaning to, but instead I started like Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I can't remember what else. I, I think I watched Catastrophe, too. I just like binged all of Catastrophe. Nice. Yeah. Um, Billy Bob Thornton for Goliath. Who watches Goliath? What now is, we know. What is Goliath? I don't really know what it is. <laughs> it's it's a David E. Kelly show. And I only know this because Matt Oh, he did tell told us. us. I totally yeah. forgot. Yeah. <laughs> did not retain that information at all. That seems like something Matt would just know. He's like, oh, it's a David E. Kelly series. I'm like, oh, I, I, I guess. I, yeah. I mean, I guess it kind of looks like one, judging from the weird previews I've seen for I haven't, I, I guess I haven't watched an actual trailer, but I've seen like the promo stuff. And I don't know. It just kind of looks like that other, whatever that judge series is with like Ron Perlman. Oh, yeah. Um, Bad Judge or whatever it's called. <laughs> the Amazon show. Yeah, I saw that pilot and yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, it just looks, I don't know who who watches that I, besides like the Hollywood Foreign Press. I this, don't know. like shady group of There's, anonymous there people journalists. Out there. I think Amazon has like a weird audience somewhere out there. I don't know who they are, but I mean, they, they rate it on Amazon and they write reviews. So, so someone's watching it. Like, if you loved watching Billy Bob Thornton do some bad things in Fargo, check out Goliath. (laughs) (laughs) I guess. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I've heard literally no one talking about this show except for Amazon. Yeah. Yeah, Atlanta winning was really cool. I don't know that there were a whole lot of surprises. Yeah, nothing crazy. Really happy with the People versus OJ love. Mm Mm-hmm. Kind of surprised that Tom Hiddleston won for The Night Manager. Yeah. Which I still haven't watched, but I mean, I hear it's really good. Just a little surprised that it wasn't like Courtney B. Vance. And right, yeah. Absolutely no love for The Night Of, which is 
kind of sad. I feel like sometimes the Golden Globes like to challenge the Emmys. And like if the Emmys gave it to one person, they're like, well, we're going to honor this person instead. Right. Yeah. So they're like, oh, people of the OJ swept Emmys. So like, let's give the night manager some love or I don't even know. Does the night manager nominated for Emmys? I'm not sure if the timing, because sometimes it's like the weird timing. Oh, right. Yeah. The crown came out too late and Westworld started too late. So those are going to be eligible next year. So it's always a weird difference between the two. Olivia Coleman winning for the night manager is really great, though. I love her in everything so much. And I feel like sometimes she's undervalued. So to see her beat out Lena Headey and Tandy Newton, who I think gives one of the best TV performances of the past year. So good. Is really great. And beating out two actresses from This Is Us. Sorry, that Mandy Moore. (laughs) I feel like that show's going to be on for like five seasons, though. It's one of those ones that has like a dedicated fan base that's on forever. So like maybe it'll win, you know, in a couple of years. Eventually. Uh, and then Hugh Laurie winning for the night manager. He's so charming. Yeah. What's not to like? What is this? He has some new show, I think, on Hulu oh, that's yeah. like house, but with paranormal stuff, maybe. I don't know. I've seen the poster <laughs> and that's that's all I remember. Something, something. Or maybe it's like house, but with crime. <laughs> yeah, maybe. So, like, whatever his, I don't know, something, policeman. <laughs> policeman show starring Hugh Laurie. Yes, that's it right there. I don't know, Hulu might be something that could be talked about next year. I mean, they have, uh, what do they have? The Handmaid's Tale. Mm. This new Hugh Laurie show I don't know the name of, maybe. I don't know, they weren't nominated for anything this year. The Path wasn't. Um, that's true. Eleven twenty two sixty three, which was so terrible. <laughs> yeah, I only made it any. like two and a half episodes in, and then I just couldn't take any more of James Franco. Oh, no, I don't blame you. Yeah, because it's a super long pilot, right? It was like an hour and a half pilot, and then there's like four or five episodes. Out. I mean, it's like it's not a long series. Um, I love the book so much, and I was trying to overcome my James Franco phobia to watch it. <laughs> And I just couldn't. I mean, in the first episode, he's wearing this like really terrible fake goatee that I can't. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I don't know. He makes some choices with a capital C. <laughs> so like, yeah, surprises, not many. Um, things were other things we're happy about. All I know is that I need to find out who to pay to get Viola Davis to read my obit. Because yes. she is just phenomenal. And her introduction for Meryl was just like, I mean, I was like blown away before Meryl blew everyone else away. It was just like double back to back. Seriously, I thought that Viola Davis gave like the performance of her career in Fences. But then she did that intro, which I didn't watch (laughs) till like the next morning. But it was the first thing I watched. And it was just like, oh, my God. Yeah. Can can you just like give all of the speeches to everyone forever? (laughs) Yes, please. (laughs) I feel like maybe that's what we need is like every couple months or so, Viola Davis gives a speech on like we, they put it on YouTube or whatever, and she like reassures us and rallies us together and keeps us alive for the next four years. Oh my God, yes, TED talks with Viola Davis about yes. survival. Pep talks from TED talks from Viola Davis. <laughs> yes, please. And then Meryl uh, just pops up, and then the two of them run in 2020, and then all is well. Everything will be okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. She's she's incredible. That that intro was incredible. Meryl's speech was incredible. Uh, the reaction faces to Meryl's Ugh. speech were incredible. Yes. 
Uh, Mel Gibson did and Vince Vaughn did not look like they were having any of it. They did not, no. And they like realize it's like they just realized where they were, like who they were surrounded by. They were yeah. like, oh yeah, forgot. <laughs> so that was that was really great. Yeah, a lot of a lot of good reaction shots. Not as fun as like watching Amy and Tina get drunk with everybody, but right. Jason Schwartzman and Denzel Washington had some good faces. Yeah, I was surprised there wasn't as many like planned viral things happening in the audience. Like Julia Louis didn't do anything this year. Like she wasn't smoking um, out of her e-cig as she usually does. But um, Ra- uh, what is it? Rachel Bloom had like a little bit of a gag. She was like eating a sandwich when they cut to her for best actress. Oh, that's cute. So there's like little things here and there, but there wasn't as many like planned gags going on. I really think that they should let them eat during the show because they clear the plates at like four something in the afternoon so that like we won't see them eating on TV. Mm -hmm. But I really think that we should be able to watch them eat. I think that that would just automatically, even if they're not doing anything particular, like they're just eating, like watching famous people eat is really great. Yeah. It's just like, oh, they really are just like us. So just like let us see them eat. And I think that that would add like easily 10% entertainment value to the show. I would love that. And I want to know what they order because I'm sure they have an option. So like what did Ryan Gosling order and what did, you know, Meryl Streep order? They did have options. I saw a photo of of the menu. Jen Yamato shared the photo. Mm. She was there and uh, she took a really great photo of the Stranger Things kids with... um, Nicholas Coster Waldo lurking in the back or Nicholas Coster Waldo lurking in the background <laughs> that like totally went viral and was immediately turned into a meme. Oh, nice. He was just like cute kids would be a shame if something terrible happened. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I guess there's not there's not a whole lot of surprises. And if anything, I guess the biggest takeaway is like La La Land swept everything. So now does that mean La La Land is going to win all of the Oscars? Right. Yeah, it won a record-breaking seven Golden Globes, more than any movie has ever won at the Golden Globes, which, like, isn't that surprising for La La Land, but it's kind of also shocking that that's never happened before, I guess. Who was the previous record holder? Good question. Prior to that Sunday, okay, the achievement was shared by the 1975 release One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which I guess I should know since I've been reading Angelica Houston's memoir. Oh. How How many Golden Globes did that one win? I think six. Ah. Uh, she talks about the Globes and she talks about, I actually just got past that part a couple chapters ago and she talks about going to the Oscars uh, with Jack, Jack mm. Nicholson. I feel like because I'm reading this, I feel like I'm also on a first name basis with him now. Oh yeah. Jack and Britt. Just, just Jack. <laughs> I bet that La La Land was able to do that because it's a musical. So it got score and song. So that makes sense. I feel like I'm maybe one of the more reasonable people when it comes to La La Land. Cause I feel like there's a divide. Mm-hmm. There's like either you love it or you're part of the backlash where you like hate it. And I feel like I'm in the middle where it's like, I really enjoy it. I think it's quite nice. I think it's quite charming. Um, I think it has like one, maybe two really good songs. And I think uh, the rest of it is, I mean, I think the rest of the music is like fine. I think the dancing's cute. I think, you know, whatever. I mean, I don't know. I'm. Do I think it should win a bunch of Oscars? Like, no. <laughs> but I don't know that its Golden Globe wins are like predicting that. Like, I just I've I've seen enough times things that sweep the Globes or seem to be clear favorites at the Globes, and then the Oscars are like completely different. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, maybe I, because they watch the Globes and they're like, ugh. Yeah, we, we just we realized how that. basic our taste is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just like send out like memos. I'm also in the middle as well. Like I really like La La Land. I don't think it's worthy of all the backlash that people are are saying against it. I don't think it's the best thing ever and deserves all the awards. I do think that its Golden Globe wins are pretty much worthy. Pretty much everything I agree with minus screenplay. I definitely think that that's the weakest part of the movie to me and that the Moonlight screenplay, the Manchester by the Sea screenplay are without a doubt much stronger. Oh, yeah. Um, but like Chazelle for director, I mean, personally, I'd want Jenkins or Lonergan, but you know, that's okay. I can see it. I can understand it. But I don't know if that predicts... Yeah, I don't know if it's going to predict the Oscars. I mean, I think there's a part of me that still thinks that it could win Best Picture just because it can just continue this sweep. But like there's also an equal part of me that thinks Manchester or Moonlight maybe could take it. So it's kind of weird and unpredictable, but it could also just not surprise us at all and, and win everything. I mean, I see a couple of options where it's like La La Land could take home something like Best Director while... Moonlight or Manchester gets all the other big awards mm-hmm. um, just so that they're recognizing La La Land as an achievement. And I also see it like, you know, like it could win a bunch of big awards and then we could look back 10 years from now and start seeing think pieces of like, remember that time La La Land won all these awards and it wasn't <laughs> even that good. Like <laughs> it could be one of those movies. Like, yeah. I mean, how many times has the Oscars given best picture to like some movie that was just like fine so many times way too many times i mean they gave didn't they give best picture to crash yes they did no one watches crash anymore who watched (laughs) that again who was like oh yeah crash is so great and they like watch it like every year there's gotta be there's there's someone out there there's someone who has it on like blu-ray and watches it every year (laughs) oh yeah i mean like that's always one of my favorite things to think about is like every movie is someone's favorite movie yes that's true but even even if this wins, I don't know, if, if there is the argument that it's the worst movie ever, I, I can't really see that argument just because it's it's so, I, I get that people hate it and can have backlash against it, but it's it takes a lot to resist liking it because it's just so easy to, to like to me. I think the music, it may not be great, but it's good. And mm-hmm. the just the composition of the film visually is just so charming and so gorgeous that you can't really say it's a terrible movie because it's just so well put together and then the choreography and the dancing might not be great. The singing may not be great, but like this, I don't think it's going to have the same argument that people have with crash because crash is just, just terrible. Garbage. Anyway. Yeah. Crash is trash. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron Whitney, screen crush. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think that there are complaints to be made about La La Land. Is it the kind of stuff that should prevent it from being recognized for a silly award? Like, no, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, like, I agree that, you know, there is, like, a weird sort of, I don't know, I mean, like, I, I hesitate to even criticize it for it because it doesn't feel malicious, but, like, sometimes, like, when ignorant things, like, when you're not self-aware of your own ignorance, like, that can almost be more offensive, so I can see why people are really angry at Damien Chazelle for making this movie where it's, like, about, like, this, like, white dude who, like, mansplains jazz and is trying to, like, save it, you know, like, this predominantly black music. Mm-hmm. Um with this like history and black culture. Like I get it. Like, and I, I really like, you know, MTV had a really good uh, essay about that, that I really agreed with and helped me see like that perspective of it. You know, personally, like I'm, I'm not really offended by it. I don't really care about jazz either way, but like, I get it. 
I don't I think like I mean my biggest problem with it is like there's some really horrible ADR in that movie. Mm. Like there's the shot where like they're walking across the the studio lot and there's like this long shot and you see them talking and the way their mouths are moving does not match the ADR at all. And there's times when like Ryan Gosling's talking where like you look on screen and his mouth is not moving. Ah, I don't remember that. It, it like I saw it twice in the theater and mm-hmm. this like it was so glaring to me. And like meanwhile, people that I saw it with would complain that like I didn't understand the song lyrics. Like I had a hard time understanding what they were saying. Huh. And I didn't. Like I I understood the song lyrics just fine. I think the mix is a little off, mm-hmm. but um I think maybe part of that too is that when you go into a musical, you're expecting that like highly enunciated very showy like arch musical style and they're not singing in a traditional musical style Mm -hmm. so i don't know i mean like these are all nitpicky things though you know and i think the reason that there's so much conversation is that like compared to last year when there wasn't really like a clear best picture winner there's three really solid ones or or three really solid front runners right now so of course it's going to be heated and there's going to be a movie that everyone hates and then movies that everyone stands behind and right now it's La La Land, and then there are there are people behind Manchester by the Sea, but then there's not people behind Casey Affleck for understandable reasons. So there's lots of contention in lots of areas this year. So I think it just gives way to to lots of debates. What was it that Matt Jacobs tweeted? Was it yesterday about Natalie Portman and Hacksaw Ridge? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. Um, so that was about the PGA nominations. There it is. Yeah. So the Producers Guild Association. Of America, what is there? Is that the right name? Producers Guild of America um, yes. named their their nominations for the best ten films of 2016 this week, and those were all pretty unsurprising ones. Except um, Jackie wasn't named, and um, Deadpool was listed on there, and in its place there was so, so all of them was Arrival, Fences, Hell or High Water, Hacksaw Ridge, <sighs> <laughs> Hidden Figures which is awesome to see that's on that list. Um, Lion, and then, of course, La La Land, Moonlight, and Manchester. No, uh, like, but, where to even begin? <laughs> but in response to what Matt Jacobs tweeted, um, that he thinks that Jackie's not going to be nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars and that Hacksaw Ridge is going to take over. And, like, I'm kind of thinking the same now that it um, got a BAFTA nomination as well. Not that that's necessarily a predictor, but it's they're getting more and more um, nominations behind it. And then the PGAs, which in the last, I believe, seven years, anywhere from seven to nine movies that the PGA nominated have made it into the Oscars Best Picture category. So all right. of these could make it in. I think maybe not, um, what are the ones? I mean, hopefully not Deadpool. Although mm-hmm. you never know. It's 2017 and everything's going to shit. So... Maybe Deadpool. The whole world is wacky now. Maybe it's actually our our Oscar Best Picture winner. Who knows? President-elects are rumored to be having people pee on them. I mean, the whole world's turned topsy-turvy. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, and I think that that does bring up a really good point, though, that people usually, I think, like, on the surface, it's easy to look at the Golden Globes, like, right before the Oscars as, like, a predictor of anything. But usually, I don't feel like they are. I don't feel like they're a good indicator of where the Oscars are going. Because mm-hmm. I feel like those two groups, if you look at what those two groups are, you have press and industry people. And those groups don't usually agree. Right, right. You have That's the people that criticize. So every year. It's, you never really, it's just the weirdest choices because it's these two unsuspecting groups. But when you actually have, like, people in the Producers Guild, Directors Guild, Writers Guild that's more of an accurate 
you know, picture of who's voting for the Academy. Definitely. Um, and I mean, it's a bummer to think that Jackie won't be nominated for anything or that even Natalie Portman wouldn't be nominated, which I would riot. Like I will flip every table. I will go next door to neighbors' houses and then start walking into random restaurants and flipping tables <laughs> until someone fixes it. Part of me wants this to happen just to see you do this. <laughs> I'll just like get like a GoPro and I'll do it. But I mean, like this thing with like, what is this weird... Uh, like every, I mean, like people can be upset about La La Land, but I think like my sticking point or two sticking points this season are like Heller High Water and Hacksaw Ridge, which like Heller High Water, I'm willing to give more of a pass because it is an actually like I did enjoy watching it. It's not a bad movie. I just feel like it's not that strong of a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, there are stronger <laughs> films this year that aren't in the Oscar conversation that incredibly like, strong, which was in this conversation a, a couple months ago and now is nowhere to be seen except for Ruth Nega. Well, I mean, I would probably disagree on Loving since I only made like 30 or 40 minutes into it and found it incredibly bland and boring and lifeless. Super slow. Yeah. I was like, nothing's happening. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I guess these people are pleasant. Um, Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's whatever. But Hell or High Water is just so weird to me. I think people are giving it more credit than they should, maybe because it's like the perfect combination of actors and screenwriter. I don't know. I just don't think it's that great. But like Hacksaw Ridge, hell no. <laughs> what movie did people see that I didn't see? Like I know that we all see something different when we watch things. I'm very aware of what I'm asking. Like, but what what was it that people saw in this movie? I, if anything, the one thing I'll give credit to for this movie is the action sequence, which is like yes. a million years long and just like painstakingly violent and to like a masturbatory degree. Like it's just like Mel Gibson watching bodies lit on fire and get shot for 15 minutes and just like jerking off to it and loving it, which like (laughs) fine. Some people like that. And like, I I will say that it's very well directed and it's very tense. And if anything, like I can understand people getting behind that scene, but yeah, the rest of the movie, the performances are just like cringeworthy. The ending is just, Oh my God, it's so bad. You know, it's weird when like Vince Vaughn is your most restrained, solid actor in that cast. (laughs) Yeah, he's probably the best actor in it. Yeah. Yeah, it's super weird. Like he's really good. Andrew Garfield is a caricature of of a hillbilly. Like, I don't know. It's like it's really weird because what makes it worse is that at the end of the movie, when they play the footage of the real Desmond Doss, uh, he is not nearly as like southern sounding i mean i don't really know how else to describe that drawl but he does not sound nearly as cartoony mm-hmm. as andrew garfield makes him sound and i think like i think it kind of does the character a disservice like even you know fictionally or in real life like you're you're just really making a caricature of this real human being and like i think that he focused on his accent like way too much that he should have pulled that back a little bit and let the story and the actions speak for themselves, but he didn't. I don't know. And I think that's also maybe Mel Gibson's to blame because he's so damn heavy handed. Like we get it, dude. You like whenever people like are martyrs and it's violent and bloody. Does he really? (laughs) I don't know. I'm sure he's really enjoying this, this new (laughs) presidency already. It's just like, hell yeah. Yeah. I don't know. The other thing that shocks me about Hacksaw Ridge is how many (laughs) nominations Andrew Garfield's getting for that and not Silence. I mean, Silence has been snubbed from like every single awards almost. It's just that's to me is just shocking. I still haven't seen Silence. Mm -hmm. Um, 
<laughs> they finally gave us a press screening like I think a week or so ago and I didn't go because it was at a really bad theater. So I guess I mean I'm going to try to see it sometime in the next couple weeks, but yeah, I like I still even even then even not having seen Silence, like I cannot believe that of the two Andrew Garfield films this year, you're going to nominate him for playing Goofy. Yeah. Like wonder, Goofy the cartoon character. I wonder what the reason is behind that. I I mean, I wonder if it was did they drop it too late? And it was too much of a surprise release that, I mean, people got award screeners, so it's not an issue of not seeing it. But it's just, it's so surprising to me that this huge Scorsese epic that people have been talking about for so long is just getting ignored by the groups that you'd think would would really want to get behind it. They had tons of screenings for those groups in New York, Los Angeles, Chicago. They had a bunch of silent screenings at the like local screening rooms for like PGA members, for DGA members, for members of the Academy. Like those people all had a chance to see it. Like this was back in like November, beginning of December. The way it handles religion is just doesn't, people don't agree with it as much as the end of Hacksaw Ridge where Andrew Garfield is turned into a Jesus figure. But they love Passion of the Christ. I don't understand. Maybe they just really love Mel Gibson. Maybe. Maybe they're all just like rooting for him. Maybe this is like a tyrant thing. Like, we were rooting for you. We're all rooting for you. I don't know why. Like, why Mel Gibson? There's just why? plenty of other directors this year that deserve that spotlight. Scorsese never hurt a woman, as far as we know. As far as we know, yeah. <laughs> He's never said anything racist and terrible, as far as we know. I would like to believe that. I mean, he just seems like such a good guy. Like, I don't understand. Like, give the good guys the awards. Stop giving awards to people who do bad things and, like, validating, like, oh, I can do horrible things, but still get away with it because I got the shiny award to prove it. (laughs) There was a tweet I saw today, and it was a picture of um, Casey Affleck, Trump, Chris Brown, Roman Polanski, and and, uh, and Woody Allen all holding awards. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. And it and said, it's like, I don't remember what the tweet said, but it was, yeah, it was, you get the picture. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like you just, they can just do whatever they want because they have money and fame and we'll just keep awarding them for their crappy behavior. I don't know. It's one of the more baffling things, but I can't pretend to be surprised by anything anymore. Like we're living in a post November 8th, 2016 America. I am literally out of surprise. Yeah. So if Hacksaw Ridge wins best picture, I guess it would just make sense now. (laughs) Maybe the Academy is like, you know what? We got to get in line for this new administration and show them that we're cooperative. Oh, God, stop now. I know. It's so terrible. Uh, On that note. (laughs) (laughs) Are there any other uh, Oscar predictions or changes in your your Oscar predictions since we last spoke? no and I don't think I'm ever really good at predicting Oscar stuff because I'm always just kind of going with like what I want to win instead of doing like what you're supposed to do which is predict what actually will win and um, I honestly I have no freaking idea I mean they've already made some weird choices with their foreign category I can't yeah yeah like the handmaidens didn't even make it like what it wasn't even yeah but still put it up there and nominate it for best picture yeah, I mean, there's still. I'm not very hopeful about that. But oh, I mean, no, I'm just saying in my in my dream world. Yeah, in in our dream world, I, do I don't feel know. Like, um, I didn't previously think Arrival would get in for a Best Picture nomination. Um, but I feel like it's if there are more than five that it, that it'll probably get nominated, which is great. I, I, I love can Arrival. agree with that. I yeah, I don't know. I don't really have any at this point. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if like Nocturnal Animals just gets like a crap load of nominations, and Aaron Taylor Johnson wins an Oscar, and then we know that the end truly is nigh. <laughs> On that dark, know. dark, dark note, <laughs> <laughs> I 
I don't have anything positive to add to it. Nope. Neither do I. Anyway, thanks for it. joining us. We'll be back with the Oscar nominations. <laughs> thanks for listening. The next episode of And the Podcast Goes To will come out on Thursday, January 26th, just a couple of days after the Academy announces their Oscar nominations. For more of the latest movie and TV news, head to ScreenCrush.com. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, subscribe on YouTube, and follow us on Instagram and Snapchat at the username ScreenCrush. Thank you.